0: Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your host, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. And we are back and today we are talking about, which was actually dictated by a poll that we did on our social media and it won, is does stress affect weight loss? So, yeah, let's get into... Here we are, talking
1: <laughs> about it and about to unpack it.
0: Unpack it, really? Unpack? Yeah. Or, anyway.
1: I feel like it's something that generally and definitely needs to be discussed. I'm not a 100% sure on what the current trend in the market is, but for the longest time, um, words like cortisol and stress hormones and all these kind of things were thrown about as a either an indicator of Bad self care habits or a limiting factor to weight loss. Um, we've heard uh, numerous times that cortisol, increased cortisol levels, have s- stopped or impeded people from uh, losing weight. So I feel like um, it's a relevant topic that we should discuss.
0: Um, I think first things first, you need to understand what cortisol actually does, you know, what it does in the body. Um, because I think before you delve into anything, you actually need to understand that hormonal structure of how a human body actually processes things. So what is cortisol?
1: Cortisol is a steroid hormone that is produced in your adrenal glands at the top of your kidneys. Um, uh, it could be used for anti inflammatory, it could be used.
0: Regulating your metabolism. Regulating
1: metabolism and the mitochondria within your cells, and, you know, a vast variety of other benefits within uh, the human body.
0: But obviously, there are going to be drawbacks, pros and cons on either side. So, if your cortisol is too high, or if your cortisol is too low, now majority of the time, you're going to come across more people that have slightly higher cortisol than you are lower cortisol. Now, when we talk about weight loss, you know, there's there are things that your body needs to follow for, in order to lose weight, and that is obviously intaking or burn you know reducing your energy intake so how much food Mm. you can you consume on a day-to-day basis but also potentially increasing your energy output so moving more now stress and weight loss is now i'm going to ask mark this Mm. do you think stress Mm. Mm. will impact weight loss
1: i think obviously stress Uh, impacts people in different ways and some people when they are super stressed they gain weight and some people when they stress lose weight i think the reality is is does stress impact weight loss in a physiological sense no because at the end of the day um that comes down to an overall um Difference between your calorie intake and your calorie expenditure. But what stress does impact is your decision making mm-hmm. and other aspects that are going to then influence your calories in versus calories out. So I think there needs to be a, a, a diverging path like, can you still lose weight and be very stressed? Yes. yes. Uh, can you do it in a proper and healthy manner? Yes is it going to be more difficult because it's going to have an implication on how you look at your internal narrative, how you make food choices, your overall consistency and adherence, and all those other major factors that are the driving process towards weight loss?
0: I think, you know, we always say that when it comes to wanting to lose weight that your mindset Mm. has to be correct before you go and embark on it because Mm -hmm. you've got to understand that when you want to lose weight something needs to change you know it's going to be things that potentially put you at a little bit of stress or unease Mm. at the start of it Mm -hmm. so is stress you know should we experience no stress in our life no i don't agree with that i think that a lot of actions are made based on the fact that we feel Mm. a certain way and stress can be so you know can be that now there's very there's large varying factors of what stress is and it's personal to each Mm. and every individual's context but you know, there's people that live with a very high amount of stress. It could be a job that um, requires them that has minimal sleep, maximum hours, mm. you know, constant demand, or could be very physical or very unsafe. Just you just
1: done or dangerous.
0: Yeah, down, dangerous, which puts your body into that stress, you know, stressful environment. Mm. And then you've got people where they might get stressed as they, they don't know what to eat that day or they don't know what, you know, what they're doing mm. and actually they're seeking more structure than they are actually stressed. And when you've got that structure in place, the likelihood is, is that stress is going to obviously be dissolved a day in, day out because you're actioning something. Mm. Now, when you want to lose weight... Do we advise, now it is possible, like Mark said, like Mm. you could be working in a really highly stressful job or have a very highly stressful lifestyle Mm. and still successfully lose weight. Mm. If anything, that process needs to be the least stressful out of all of your self-care, you know, your day-to-day living. But is it the right time for you to be embarking in a massive journey? Now, if you are morbidly obese and you need to make action on your health, we would say, yes, you should potentially be actioning things even if you are highly stressed because Mm. your stress levels are are going to reduce when your nutrition is better, your exercise output is greater, Mm. you've got more fresh air, your sleep is catered Mm. for because this relieves a lot of mental stress. Mm. But when you're week in, week out and maybe your weight doesn't move and it's not going in the right direction, you know... It could be that those, that mental stress on a day-to-day basis is a sort of over, you know, it's, it's overcompensating on certain mm. things, which means that you, you end up in a situation where you're not really sure why you're not losing weight, you're mm-hmm. highly stressed, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of blaming it on the fact that you are stressed as to why it's not working. It's no, it's probably because when you are in those stressful environments, like we know, mm. you know, if you've had a long day at work or, you know, the first thing you might reach for is, oh, I need a snack or I'm hungry or am you know. Yeah, I think
1: uh, having looked over and been in the in the industry for a while, you know, the reality is, is when stressful environments arise, whether it's through work or your personal life, adherence to your overall target, targets, whether it's nutrition or training or, or, or mental health, self-care, those tend to slip and that's then the correlation between you know looking and searching for that excuse to maybe why you're not losing weight or uh, progressing in, in your self-care habits and the reality now, is, is it just comes down to you're stressed out and it's really difficult to make the right decisions when a you're stressed b you're tired you know it's it's so difficult to to take the part the right path when all you want to do is just just you know And
0: actually as a side note Do like, what's easy you, you know, you can't just find out if you've got too much cortisol in your body from just assuming that you've got mm. too much cortisol in your body. The oh, same yeah, with I've got yes, too low cortisol we, in my body, I do. you don't fucking know them. anything unless you go and get your blood done, point one, okay? Mm. And that is a serious blood test. We're not talking, you know, going in waltzing in and just like going and getting your vitamin B check. Like cortisol, mm. it's like like any hormonal profile. You need to be getting your bloods done from a specialist, an endocrinologist, and actually look at those numbers for you in yeah, order not for you like to even make an assumption as to whether your cortisol is too high. You're going onto a high. blog
1: and doing a, yeah, reading uh, a magazine. an ABC, do you know what I mean? Like, no. You if need... people
0: give you examples of high cortisol, you know, you can't necessarily assume that it's entirely... That is the factor behind it. And we do see this a lot. And another podcast, which... We are going to be doing in the next coming weeks is like, do you have a hormonal imbalance? Because mm. that is a topic which a lot of people link hormonal imbalances to the reasons why they cannot lose weight. Now, stress, as we've said time and time again, it is very much down to the case study of the individual. You know, right. we could take a number of different pathways here. Say, for example, um, let's think of our clients. Maybe you're you're a, you're a lawyer, you've got a number of cases on, very in-depth ones, you've got to read till late at mm, night, you've got mm. people emailing you at all times, you've got to be in the office, you've got to be mm-hmm. there, you've got to be here, you've got to be on phone calls, you know, and as well as trying to maybe look after a child, keep your husband or your partner happy, you know what I mean? I'm talking, yeah, you know, cook, clear, clean, clean, you know, all of these things. And obviously you're putting yourself at quite a lot of mental stress on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis because that's juggling not only a mindset, but also a health. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are times that we've said this time and time again, that jobs, some jobs, you know, I've probably reason why the whole of the UK is striking right now. <laughs> some, some jobs, not to say that all of those jobs are stressful, but some jobs can put you at a huge amount of stress on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis where, you just can't manage your self-care on the other side and that is going to directly impact whether or not you can lose weight or not. Now, if we went on to something like sleep, like, you know, if you're very stressed, it could link you having insomnia or or traits of insomnia where you can't get to sleep, you're overthinking, you're mm. tossing and turning mm. and you this happens on a continual routine yeah. basis. Well,
1: cortisol does impact your sleep-wake Passively. cycle so directly. If- so managing that is... is is Obviously, if you're not sleeping well and and not resting correctly, you're always going to have low energy. And also, actually,
0: technically what you would call a hormonal imbalance, which yes. is if you're not sleeping well, you know, the likelihood of you being hungrier is much, mm. much higher. That's because there's a difference in your hunger hormones when you don't sleep correctly. Mm. you're lacking. Yeah, that circadian
1: rhythm is struggling to reset itself on a consistent basis.
0: So when you're like, oh God, why am I craving like a donut at Mm. like 10 a.m. And then it just compounds
1: over time. The more stressed you get, the the worse you feel, the harder you struggle to adhere to your self-care habits, the worse you feel, Mm. the more you beat yourself up about it, the worse you feel. Um, And it's a consistent... You action know, of circle also. of of habits that slowly, you know, erode your your self care.
0: But I do think that it should. It's one of these things that actually, if we talk about the downfalls to mm. stress, obviously there are m- multiple issues with stress.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there's also this thing where there's there's a pers- um, perspective you could look at it as to whether or not we take on other people's stress more than we need to at the moment mm. now. We have delved into this and spoken about this on pretty much probably every podcast it comes up, but we are living in a world now where if you don't share your life or all your stresses Mm. or your, you know, things that are going wrong, then like, what are you as a human? And so what's happened is those that have large influences who are sharing their stresses, whether or not you resonate with it or not, mm. it's a problem because you're now taking on and shouldering the stress of others around you subconsciously. Mm. Now we are all guilty of this. Whether no, or not sure. you read something which kind of stresses you out and you're like, oh God, you like the news. Is a co- Like Mark-, mm. <laughs> Mark was saying the other day, why is there no positive news? And it's always been known that there's no, no, no news is good news. And, mm. But why can't there be? Why can't there be like somewhere where actually we're looking at all the best things in the world mm. rather than the fucking worst? And, you know, we have watched the news recently and we try not to do this. And there's this constant thing of they'll go to... They will go into... I'll give you an example. They were talking about the weather the other day and the fact that the extremes of weather, climate changing and that Afghanistan this year has dealt with the coldest year so far to date, okay? And so we're like, okay, cool. Afghanistan's dealt with the coldest winter. And then they go and get a journalist that goes into literally the mountains of Afghanistan and sits there with a family of nine, ten people in obviously a hut, which is not as well-developed as what most people in a first world would be, you know... And is sort of telling you just how miserable it really is for those people sat in that hut in the cold. And you're thinking, but why have you gone all that way to find something where actually they're probably used to that norm? Do you know what I mean? You're asking and prodding these questions for negativity, and yet we're all here watching it. And we're all here going... You know, of course, people in a hut maybe that don't have heating just like half the UK right now because it's fucking freezing and nobody can afford to turn their electricity on. You know, you know, we're getting stressed for other people's, I guess, problems. Now, if you are rational as a human, you can deal with that quite well. But what's happened in our brains over time is that we shoulder that responsibility. So anything that's in the media or on social media or whatever you see you suddenly can feel triggered by or um, you run in your day-to-day life. Like, I'm sure... You
1: just create an echo chamber of negativity because all the algorithm does is thrive on, you know, sadness, depression, anger... And if you consume it on a day-to-day basis, it will have an impact on your overall mental health.
0: Mm, And I've seen this a lot. And
1: that is blatantly obvious across all psychological examinations on people from a wide demographic of young people to old people that it's just doom and gloom, basically. And that is what pays the bills.
0: Yeah, and, you know... We obviously have a business that runs on social media, for example, so we know the back end of this stuff very, very well. And like, you know, if you post controversial shit, you're going to get maximum engagement. And this is so fucked because not only are we doing it for a performative reason to like spur on something the same as like somebody putting out something that's quite clickbaity. You're almost annoyed before you've even read it. You know, you're it's sat Mm. with you and I'll give you a prime example of this actually, which I think for women, you will probably understand more than men, but I think there's still the understanding the same with men's mental health, but women over the years now i say this i don't have children but i've worked with many many women that do and many many women that have dealt with fertility issues or miscarriages or problems throughout pregnancy all of these things now what's happened with social media is that we've formed this sort of mum cycle where somebody gets pregnant which is great well done some people can't get pregnant They share their excitement. They'll then share their challenges of pregnancy. They might then have an issue at birth, you know, or maybe the baby's, you know, maybe early or late, or, you know, they'll share their stresses on that. Then the baby's born, and then it's the misery of mumhood. So you'll see, you know all i see is oh god you know breastfeeding so bloody painful all of this cycle of oh it's so hard i'm so tired i'm this i'm struggling from ptsd we had a traumatic birth or it could be they didn't get pregnant and we're now talking about the mass about miscarriage now These things are good to share. I appreciate there are things where people are going to resonate with this addition, you know, and they're going to feel slightly better if somebody else is experiencing it as well as they are. But here's where the problem lies, is that people who don't have children or maybe are trying for a child, there's additional stress in in both parties because... Somebody that's trying for a child and can't have one is now seeing everybody that's getting pregnant, you know, and is like, oh my God, like, why am I getting pregnant? An additional stress to your mental health. And second of all, like, if you have had a child or there's been issues with it, those that don't have children that maybe want to have children or are interested in about developing that and now reading it about how much miscarriage are going to happen, how you might be infertile, are your hormones okay? You know, what if we give birth to, you know, and I get PTSD and, you know... All of these things, you don't see it really. You don't really think into it until so what you're life trying decisions to say is, happen, and that additional stress is put on for you What for you're no trying to say reason. is
1: ignorance is bliss, essentially. So, like yes. back in the day, previous generations, if with no social media and the announcement culture that drives, you know, society now that you would have no, you would be none the wiser, basically. So that means your yeah. overall kind of stress levels towards certain things that could possibly go wrong, but potentially are going to be completely fine, yes. increases and like... And could actually almost limit makes you your chances
0: of a success or, or something positive happening because, you know, there is this whole thing, which I think most people are not aware of as placebo effect and talking yourself into things when actually it's not actually happening. And mm. you can literally talk yourself into having that you're ill or that there's yeah. something wrong with you. And actually there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You've just talked yourself into it. And there's been mm. numerous clinical trials, specifically with diseases and those that are ill, where they, they give people a trial of drug and some people on the, the trial will get given the drug, which is meant to obviously help them and you know get them better and the other people get given literally water or something like sugar water or a saline liquid and it's the placebo effect as to whether or not just giving something to somebody in order to make a change like helps in the sense of like whether or not they're going to get better and the trials are like remarkable as to those people that were not even given the drug suddenly are get better and it's the whole effect, the placebo effect, which I feel like we just are not really aware of as mm. a society. Like, there there is so much that is compounding our day-to-day stress. Mm. And I think it's really important that we bring up these factors where mm. you can actually look at your lifestyle and go, do you know what, that's fucking true. Because yeah. it's happened in my life, like, m- We've had this conversation in depth recently, actually, with one of Mark's friends, and we're kind of annoyed we didn't do a podcast about it at the time. We were like, fuck, we should have microphones right now. But it was that whole thing of, like, you know, we're five years married, you know, we run a business together in the in the eyes of people, why are we not having children, you know? And, like, obviously, there's personal reasons behind everything, but there is that thing in my mind where I'm like, maybe I've read far too much into this. Like, mm. I understand the body... Probably far greater than most people do, but why is it that I'm hesitant? It's because I've also seen a shit ton of negativity about it. Yeah, well, and, that's true. And you know, is that healthy for me to be consuming? No. Am I going to advocate? Ab- mm. ab- you know, you know, take myself away from that? Yes. That is
1: actually so true because you know, apart from the the, the mandatory candid photos, you know, the you a lot of it a lot of it is just people moaning. Yes. about how horrible it is
0: or managing the life and and you know we had this conversation is do you ever really grow up unless you you, you, know. you have children and you know the same thing comes back to the whole thing of like i get it it's the most testing time you'll ever you yeah, know and you then tuck. you get the, i mean i don't know yet but you i get the
1: mandatory oh, well why do you well it's so difficult to just explain the unconditional yeah. love it's like every single person has said, it's like the most generic answer i've ever heard. Um, I get it, I get but it. But I, I, on the other side... I also side just, wanted, would just want to highlight that, you know, the reality is n- the world is not void of stress. And to a certain degree, you need to undergo s- stressful situations and come out on top for you to Progress. gain a deeper feeling of fulfillment. So if you don't have any fulfillment in your life and you're not really achieving things it's going to be a very dark and dreary place there has to be that level of overcoming something working hard and overcoming a hurdle to achieve an end result or a goal that provides true fulfillment and happiness in your life so there does need to be levels of stress and you know we are also very guilty of having a society that's toxically positive all the time and everything's amazing and god forbid I might struggle, John: you know I mean, then I think
0: that's kind of slightly changed over the years. now it's like, oh God, actually being toxicity positive doesn't actually help. You know what now I'm going to be miserable, and yeah. I'm effectively going well. to tell everybody of my struggles, which is fine. again, I don't think we need. Now, this is the difference of stress. Going back to the point of if stress does stress affect your you know weight loss, you know your environment is everything when it comes to weight loss, literally will dictate whether or not you succeed it's your environment so if your environment is fueled from additional stress which is completely out of your control Mm. it is going to affect you but not in a physical side in a mental side and this is what i say the brain controls everything forget the fact whether or not you eat less move more blah blah and you do all of that like if you can't mentally process this you're going to struggle so
1: and i you know that's why some people you know they place their happiness in weight loss and they're like i will be really happy when i lose weight and you know that's that's a questionable statement but from first-hand experience you watch a person deal with the physical aspect of it and not deal with the mental aspect of weight loss mm. and then they lose weight and then they realize oh shit my life's exactly the same because you're yet to have dealt with the environmental factors that have caused you to be unhappy in the first place
0: so this is why i will say i am such an advocate If you are needing professional help on this, which I actually think a lot of people do need professional help um, in, in the sense of whether it's accountability or speaking about things or just being coached or just having somebody there or just understanding things greater, I think that that period of time in which you do that needs to be longer than a few weeks because... For you to overcome these things, you need to learn. And learning does not come easily. And I Mm. think it also comes with a huge amount of time and consistency. And we all know, oh, to be, you know, to lose, you've got to be consistent, like blah, Mm. blah, blah. But it's actually the fact of, like, you know, you can lose shit tons of weight in eight weeks if you really wanted to. Off you go, bye-bye, scales have gone down, new clothes, blah, blah. But have you Mm. actually addressed why you held all that weight in the first place. Exactly. Because if you haven't, I can guarantee it's going to come back and it's going to come back twice as fast yeah. because you have not addressed those emotions behind why you were morbidly overweight. No. Why, you know, why did I do that? Why have I not understood this? And this takes time. It's not something you can be impatient over. Whether or not you want to see the physical result, oh. you're going to spend the rest of your life either picking up the pieces or you take the other approach where you learn so Mm -hmm. that could be that when we deal with clients on a long-term basis like we're going to be honest with you majority of our clients coach with us for years they don't coach with us for months they coach with us for years and there is a reason behind that because we are that guiding force to helping them in so many different ways myself and mark are not just your personal trainer, you know what I mean. We genuinely take every aspect of your lifestyle, mm. and we ma- we manage it the best we can. And in those times, we're going to overcome certain hurdles in our mm. clients' lifestyles, and those could be massive periods of stress. Mm. On the top of my head, it could be recent client going through a divorce. You know what I mean? That's Correct. a huge amount of stress. It's massive. it's a lot of uncla- you know un- uncertainty uncertainty. You know whether that's financially, whether it's with the children, whether it's you know emotionally, yeah. and so. We're overcoming that one step by step of how we can manage these situations when they arise. Technically, like life coaching. Yeah. You know, so it it is one of these things where I get very sensitive and triggered mm. when people say, like, well, I'm stressed, so I'm just can't lose weight, my cortisol's too high. It's like number one. Do you even know what cortisol is? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, This is why I want to clarify what yeah. cortisol is. And,
1: and people have thrashed... I haven't seen it so much recently, but in the previous years, people have thrashed that that word around like...
0: Oh, they you do know, it now. We've had clients even bring it up Yeah, it come but on like
1: board. diets that reduce cortisol. Foods
0: or, that help. Fuck off. You know, like
1: exercise like. that reduces the cortisol and, and using those catchwords and those buzzwords. It's, um, you know, Espresso without, so without you having gone, like Georgia says, without you having gone and had an actual blood test that has been predetermined by a professional, then, you know you're none the wiser and for people then to make assumptions and like put you into a category and into a box
0: yeah that you are unable to do anything yeah
1: do you know what i mean it's it's been very very manipulative to go and tell people that there's something essentially wrong with them in the guise of then profiting and being able to then sell them a solution whether it's financially or i can help you with x y and z which creates like an emotional an attachment towards certain individuals that put out a certain I would just like narrative. to say, like
0: general population, I'm talking to general population here. I'm not talking to unique types of people who might have disorders, diseases, yeah, you know, like, I'm talking general population, you are fucking fine.
1: You're okay. Nothing
0: is wrong yeah. with you. There is nothing wrong with you. Even if you've got weight on you, there's nothing wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? It's just the fact that you need to understand your management tactics and overcome those emotions, talk through those emotions, and understand why you do things. Addressing
1: your environment as well is very, very important.
0: Yeah, massively so. And I think going off of maybe directly about weight loss, you know, stress, we've all got our vices for stress. And Mm. how we overcome this. Mm. I do think that if you feel good in yourself, that's very different to looking good and what you think is looking good. If you feel good in yourself on a day-to-day basis, you'll likely be able to manage stress a lot better than those that have vulnerabilities. And, you know, one of the podcasts we were going to do today was about the impact of alcohol. Um, On the body. And this is just directly related related to stress because there's a number of different vices that Mm. we will reach to.
1: To de-stress. To
0: de-stress. But is that compounding your health long term? Yes. Yeah. So what could those vices be?
1: Um, Consuming copious amounts of alcohol.
0: Smoking. Smoking. Over-exercising.
1: Over-exercising. Panic eating.
0: Over, you know, sex like wanting sex frequently, binge eating, you know, binge eating. These are all factors which you kind of use as a vice to de stress.
1: Yeah, drugs. So, recreational how many drugs. people
0: do you think listening to this go home from a, you know, or at home, they've had a busy day at work and reach for a glass of wine? Mm. How many people wake up in the morning and say, oh, fuck, I need a cigarette. I just need to de-stress yeah. from waking up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> literally like, fuck, I get it. Do you yeah, mean, sometimes but like so you... I used to smoke when yeah, I was younger, so smoke. I can.
1: So like when we used to, like after a stressful day, you'd want to, the first thing you do is remove yourself from the environment and have a cigarette. But
0: also environment links in here. So if your colleagues that you're around are also smoking, maybe it's the only time of the day that you can get a break. Yeah. You know, you're very stressed. You're going you're to go and get that cigarette straight. Yeah, you're everyone's a social smoker
1: as well, after they've had a couple of drinks then everyone's like, let's have a couple yeah, of so Yeah, but
0: environment is dictating that, so who you're around as to why you're actioning certain things mm. and so stress, are you helping yourself with long term stress or chronic stress if you go back and effectively try and de-stress from something that is an external depressant <laughs> so smoking isn't directly linked to depression as such clinically mm there is links to higher blood pressure. I mean, that's a carcinogenic, obviously. Yeah, functionalities of the body. Maybe if you've got higher blood pressure, you're more likely to feel, you know, to be more heightened in, you know, a number of different factors. But alcohol, well, that's a fucking known depressant. And I can't go too much into this because we do want to do a full podcast on alcohol. Mm. And... It's just, in my opinion, eye-opening that so many people normalize
1: yeah, alcohol it's, intake. And it's so hypocritical for people that drink on a regular basis to to throw shade or to judge other people with regards to any other habit or, you know, action
0: mm. when,
1: you know, oh, look at so-and-so. So oh, fat. He's smoking I mean? a spliff and yet that person's drinking three bottles of wine on a daily basis oh, we see this so
0: much like people will, i've it's, dealt with people like this in fact so you're, you're, where you're, people you're are like oh there. they're so overweight it's kind of gross that they use like food as their their emotional mechanism to like getting things yeah. out and it's like you just knocked back like six point yeah. star martinis sandra Come like on. calm the fuck down like do you know yeah. what i mean it's not normal to be drinking that and so like but whilst you get that drunk and fucking sedate yourself, you're busy probably trolling people online or judging others. Do you know what the funny thing
1: like? is? Is like with drinking, people that stop drinking, they're like, it's so, it's no so difficult. Like, it's so difficult to do it because it's so difficult to socialise and be around other really, really drunk people. But when you say that you don't drink or I'm not having a drink, the judgment cast upon you. People look at you like you are mentally challenged.
0: I stopped drinking because it didn't do well for me. I had drunk a lot and I consumed a huge amount of alcohol to effectively, I guess, try and numb my feelings. Like I dealt with a lot of mental health pain and the same with probably Mark and his family. Like alcohol is a mechanism which is used frequently for people. And unfortunately, like... I, I know that thing of, like, when I stopped drinking, I was really young, do you know what I mean? So in that social environment, people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. why are you not I Just have one, you're so boring, do you know what I mean? Why are you doing this, do you know what I mean? Oh, of course she's driving, do you know what I mean? It's Imagine like if these... we
1: had that same energy for, like, cocaine or, like, marijuana or, like, ecstasy. You're like, come on, just do a line. No, I'm good, thanks. You're so boring, rah, rah, rah. It's just so twisted.
0: It is twisted. And you know what's even more twisted? is like, <laughs> you know what a friend asked me about a year ago? Like, I hadn't seen her in a while. And she said, how do I... She said, what do you think I look like? My, do you think my face... Because obviously we're all aging now, do you know what I mean? And I'm probably like going to keep myself as fresh and young as possible because of my lifestyle habits. But she said to me, she was like, what do you think my skin's doing? She was like, I just feel a bit like it's a bit mm, at the moment. I just said "Tell you look like you've aged 10 years. I'm sorry, I'm going to be totally honest because all she'd been doing is raging. Yeah. Like, you know, whether that was huge amounts of alcohol intake. And she took the advice on board and calmed down. And she was feeling so much better about it. But I can tell you this, anybody that gives up alcohol... There is absolutely zero downfalls to it. Nobody's coming out and feeling worse. It does
1: impact your social life because when you don't drink and you're around drunk people, you're like, oh, my God. Everybody's sloppy. Everyone's slurring their words. Everyone's falling over the place. It's like the general behavior is... Is sloppy is the best way to describe it. So when people don't drink, they're like, Jesus, is this how I behave?
0: But also, then again, going back to stress, like, you know, if you don't drink, for example, you choose not to make that decision. Like, I actually don't want to have a drink tonight. And somebody's there like... Do you know what? Like, you need to have a fucking drink. Like, I can't believe this. You need to loosen up. Like, come on, let's have some fun. Do you know what I mean? All of these subconscious things try and make themselves feel better as to why you're not drinking. Mm. It puts you in additional stress to not only maybe overthink, oh, maybe I should start drinking again. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're right. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, like, if I do drink, I'll feel better. You know? And that's environments that you shouldn't really be putting yourself in a day-to-day basis. So would I rather sacrifice the social environment of somebody being like that?
1: So what would you recommend for people that associate de-stressing with self-care habits that are not... Two questions, that are de-stressing from... same one one question Okay, first first question. What is your suggestions for people that associate de-stressing with harmful self-care habits? Mm-hmm. And then the second question is What are your suggestions for people where the stress of can the you environment? Ask me the
0: first one, then I'll answer it, and then ask me
1: the second one. Okay, first one <laughs> What are your suggestions just... for people that associate de stressing with self care habits that, are, that are, over time will compound in a negative manner?
0: It really depends on the situation that you're in. Now, I'm not going to speak for the likes that really abuse alcohol on a mass, you know, on a very great scale. It could you
1: be do... other things outside of alcohol. It so just be. imagine, insert, yeah, yeah, insert, anything, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it could yeah be well.
0: Um, you need better distractions. So, one thing that's linked very, very highly to that dopamine effect, and in which we seek to feel better. Is exercise. So that rush of endorphins, that, you know, that feel where you feel good about yourself. And they mm. always say there's like never a bad exercise session. You know, once mm. you're there, even if you've just done 10 fucking minutes, you're going to feel slightly better about things. Mm. And I think those that have never delved into exercise, now I'm not saying fucking lifting weights, powerlifting, fucking throwing yourself on the floor. I'm saying, just exercising moving your body getting some fucking fresh air maybe getting yourself a little bit of out of breath you know all of these things that is very much similar to to going and sedating yourself somehow now if you say for example we you, you like to smoke normally there is two factors behind smoking there's those that very much enjoy the taste of smoking, the nicotine, the tar. That like, oh, couldn't imagine a day without it. I can think of a prime example: your Uncle George.
1: Oh my god! Oh god!
0: <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> Uncle
1: like, George, he shout out to Uncle George if you're listening he's to, this. Not you, listen to this. Um, you, he can smoke a cigarette. If there was like an Olympic Olympics for smoking cigarettes, he would be, you know, top ten at least.
0: Yeah, but like the guy like can't even like sit on an aeroplane without having to like he he's can't got sit a at he's got a
1: fake wooden cigarette that he hangs around his neck <laughs> so he can suck on it's, it. It's yeah, it's almost. he's like time. at a restaurant, because he, he can't literally go more than five, I, ten I, minutes. I, I
0: I honestly mean this with the best of my interest, like knowing very close people, dear to our heart, who have been diagnosed with cancer mm. and all of this, who live just a very normal lifestyle with no kind of. I guess, yeah. errors, not like red flags. Mm. I have no idea how he's not written. He's, like, I just, I, I, I physically don't want to say that. That's fucking, no, but it's, it's almost astounding. And I feel like those people who are so addicted and have got that far, no. sometimes it's best no, not you, to
1: yeah, stop. No, but you see every once in a blue moon, you see a 96-year-old woman who's smoked every day of her life. Do you yes, know so what I mean? Like, like oh, this every... is weird. Yeah, I mean, no, there's just a statistical outliers. And he is, if he stopped smoking cigarettes, they're, Yeah, they're I think
0: problem. he'd die, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, but the element of what I was saying about smoking is there's people that very much enjoy smoking and that's probably just come from time. Like, when I used to smoke, I didn't, I never used to smoke actual cigarettes, I used to smoke menthol cigarettes, mm. okay? Mm. And I, well, I did use to smoke actual and then I was like, oh, this is actually kind of gross. Like, do you know oh, what I mean? The smell yeah. of it, like the taste of it, I was like, this is gross. I'll go on to fucking slimline fucking menthols and just try and be like, What one about of those the, click cunts. Yeah. the click
1: ones? The we click ones were right.
0: Yeah, the menthol ones. Yeah. But where my problem came in with smoking was not the fact that I liked to smoke. It was the fact yeah. that I had severe ADHD. I had to do something all the time. I couldn't stop moving. Like anybody that knows me, like when gives I, I have to do something, I draw on shit. I draw all over my shit when I'm talking to someone. Not in the sense that I'm not concentrating. I'm very good at multi. I just have to do something with my hands, and that's probably why, as coaches, we're really good because we're. It gives you like,
1: something to do when you need a cigarette because you need a. Cigarette every couple of hours or you know so you always you know do this I'm okay I'm gonna do this you decop decop I can never say that word, so I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna bother. But you like put everything into boxes, like within a time frame, you're like, I'll do this, then I'll go for a cigarette. You go for a cigarette, 15 minutes. When I get off the minutes, airplane, I'll have a cigarette. Then you come, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Then let's do this, then I need to go for a cigarette, get cigarettes, buy cigarettes.
0: Yeah, like, and, and so it's that whole thing where it is like obviously it's similar to like drugs, you know what I mean? You always watch those programs of people yeah. like scatty about taking fentanyl, do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it's like their whole drive on a day-to-day basis is mm. nothing to do with anything other than going and getting drugs, you know. Yeah, like and drugs look, and this is a very sad situation to be in. It's not something that we should be normalising as being, you know, and it's not something we're taking the piss out of. But there right. are reasonings to buy why we do things. And you ask me, like, what do you do? Like, you need better distractions. You know, those distractions could be, like, I know parents where one of the parents smokes and the other one doesn't. And the parent that doesn't smoke gets really fucking annoyed that the parent that does smoke kind of just utilizes their time outside having a cigarette or you know what I mean and whilst they're trying to manage the kids should they have put the energy into managing the kids do you know what I mean maybe they wouldn't necessarily need the distraction of a cigarette now obviously as I said there's that element of I need to de-stress and addiction
1: to nicotine of time. course addiction but
0: like i would be and i think i've spoken to friends about this and people that i know like sometimes we do just smoke for the sake of just fucking smoking like when you're younger back in Mm. the day vaping is now the big thing in the younger generation Mm. i'm not glorifying any of this but let's be real it is like vapes are fucking everywhere Mm. and like people like my grandparents have a breakdown of the news that there's like a vape fucking epidemic you know what i mean all of this shit Mm. but cigarettes when i i will never forget my first cigarettes i didn't enjoy it no like but i did it because everybody was doing it and then i caught on to the fact it was cool yeah it was fucking cool like like, oh my god you you don't smoke oh my god yes i'll never forget when i was very grateful that my father bought me a car when when i passed my driving test and he specifically said to me like please don't smoke inside of it but it was fucking cool to smoke and drive like what the fuck? I was going to... And, like, I devalued the car within bloody seconds because I chain-smoked in it. I got burn marks all over the seat. I only did that because it's fucking yeah. cool. Music's up, windows down, cigarette. Fucking, I am living the life. <sighs> I am breathing cancer right now. Like, literally, like, I can't wait to do it again and Do you again. think that
1: was glamorised by, uh like, you see that in the movie... I guess back then you see that in the movies, replicating? It was
0: quite. It was quite... Weirdly back in the day. No, because back in, like, very, very,
1: very back in the day, and this is conspiratorial, but tobacco companies are obviously huge billion dollar industries that used to, you know, they used to. Say promote smoking and be like, do this to strengthen yeah. your lungs.
0: Like my grandfather. So we're talking about who
1: is a numerous, very high up medical yeah,
0: professional. Like numerous I'm generations
1: of people that smoked and loved smoking, and then, you know, most. I think you could smoke on an aeroplane. Yeah, but like he got out
0: the book the other day when we were at their house. Oh, you are the first generation.
1: He used to
0: smoke and it was told to them. Like I'm saying he has been a medical professional for fucking like 80 years. Something great. Like, you know, it was honestly, he's been medicine is through and through in him. And for years, even like studying or going into doing placements and kings Mm. and all of that, like he smoked and he smoked regularly and all did so did his colleagues until yeah, obviously the science came out like oh my god and he showed us the first ever book i think it was, was
1: unbiased science because i think tobacco companies have been caught and paid fines for literally paying scientists to write positive reviews and and or hide information that you know said you know, this is it's really weird bad like how you. we
0: even think that just inhaling fucking smoke on a database is going to do us any kind of good. No. I mean, look, there's... For, for a stressful matter like I totally get it, and this is why like I am not gonna sit here as like a fucking I'm very qualified in as a health professional, but it's not to mm. say that I have not had personal experience with all of this. I get why people do things, you know, whether it's drugs, te- you know, yeah, drink alcohol, smoke, yeah. have sex regularly, too regularly, like pes- I get it. Do you know what I mean? We are yeah. all ingrained to just need something that like just lets go of things that kind of mm. takes us away from an environment. But is this compounding our day-to-day stress? Like if you're, you know, there is this thing to say, where like it's probably going to make the situation worse. You know, mm. over the years, like you might, your blood pressure might increase to the point where you have more physical stress on the body or, mm. you know, all of these things where you are then going to give yourself limiting factors to helping yourself. Yeah. And if we relate back to weight loss... Well, most people would say that smoking helped weight loss because it meant that you didn't eat because you were smoking. You know what I mean? Mm. That was the whole back in the 1900s. Like, for the women, it was like, just smoke cigarettes, just Mm. don't eat. You Mm. know, it's Mm. that whole thing of, like, a cigarette's a laxative. Like, I'm just going to shit out all the fuck I've just, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, dietary habits promoted by people that are, like, supermodels that all they do is smoke cigarettes and drink caffeine.
0: Yeah, like all of these things where, yeah, you know. So
1: it's it's always been pretty glamorized, and then movies and, you know, general Western culture. I was listening things that. And then it's also super cultural in terms with. of, like, when you go to Egypt, everybody's smoking something. Do you know what I mean? I think the Whether one of the biggest uh,
0: tactics you can do, if I think to give up smoking, if I'm not mistaken, is you effectively, when you need a cigarette, you then go and take yourself to do something outside of where you would normally smoke. So it could be like that you would go outside of the front door and have a cigarette. Like maybe you walk out the door and you walk around the block or you, you know, you sit and you do something which distracts you. Now, Mm -hmm. it's going to be bloody hard if you're addicted to something. I know this, I've been there. You know, like giving up anything that you think is good for you or not so good for you but you just really enjoy really doing enjoy it's that. going to be hard I but I think it's the same with why exercise probably now it's not a compensation thing it's not like oh well if you give up alcohol now I'm just going to fucking over exercise the whole time mm. it's it's the fact that those they are very linked in the sense of your brain and how your brain functions it it is really linked to like endorphin, like the rush that we, we want and we get is very closely linked to exercise. Mm. So I would say that one of the biggest things, if you're not into exercise now, is to potentially look at that as your de-stressing factor. When you get home from, you know, work for a day, whether you want to be tech free or whether you want you want to listen to a podcast and go for a walk. Yeah, read a book. I know it sounds so absolutely miserably boring, But all you're doing is numbing it. You're not solving a problem. You're just numbing yourself from the stress. Are you going to wake up to the next day with that current stress? Yes. Are you going to probably feel worse when you've sedated yourself? Yes. And that's going to happen every single day that you mm. action that habit. So I do think breaking that habit, whether it's like, you don't do it all. like You don't need to be cold turkey. If you've not got like a fucking problem, you know, mm. I wouldn't approach it cold turkey. Yeah. I'd approach it like, I'm coming back from home on Monday, and on Monday, I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to read a book, or I am going to Mm. go swimming, or I'm going to take the kids to the playground. On Tuesday, I'm going to come home, and I'm going to have one drink, you know what I mean? Mm. On Wednesday, I'm going to repeat habit from Monday, you know what I mean? And you try and effectively make those baby steps to overcoming that de-stressing factor. And honestly, the more you do that and you feel like you're not reliant on something, the less stress you're going to feel mm. on a day-to-day basis. because yeah. you're, you're almost like, you're almost riling yourself up to, I'm going to get, I'm so stressed, I'm fucking going to get that drink and I'm going to drink it, I'm going to Yeah, feel it's so like you, there's
1: an, a, posit- a positive association between, uh, it's, you start to cement that in your brain even though it's counterproductive to your general health so my my second question is what are your suggestions for people where their main source of stress is their environment and that environment is their partner or their okay so in
0: the sense of like your partner likes to drink or no
1: your partner is the main source of stress in that relationship which is then having a negative impact on your mental health
0: very hard question because there's multiple ways we could go down this and i think we're going to take the least complex route because Mm. i would just like to reiterate personal context like you know, some women or men go through horrific like domestic abuse and situations yeah, where okay, like, that's, let's, I can't talk yeah, about let's that. Not, that let's not context. go
1: with statistical outliers. Let's just go with your general run-of-the-mill, your husband or your wife. You're trying to better yourself. You're trying to improve. And there's the environment, which is the main source of stress, is your spouse. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're passing comments. Maybe they're subconsciously facilitating habits that are moving you the opposite direction.
0: Like enabling, yeah. Yeah, enabling, you yeah, know, that kind
1: of, just your general, no, nobody's beating anybody up and nobody's smoking a crack pipe, just your average, do you know what I mean, your average,
0: um, so th-
1: basically your partner's th- being a dick and you just, no, how do you shut suggest the fuck that? Up. You've
0: literally reiterated that like seven times. I've got the situation and the question you're asking me. Um, I would say, don't tell your partner to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, literally, no, that's a very common way of just being like, do you know what, out? Um, something that, again, leading to how we have progressed, and actually, no, I'm not going to blame this on the internet. Um, we struggle as a society of humans to actually communicate things these days like we we struggle because it's almost like back in the day like take yourself back to like 1940s 50s 60s 70s 80s before like internet really came about Mm. you wouldn't a lot of subjects were quite taboo you know between speaking with a partner or communicating your concerns or you know and so if anything you were kind of just shut up you know and you kind of just got on with things so Mm. that's the difference of generations but if we talk about now You need to communicate with each other, first and foremost. You have got two separate brains. You both function very differently. You have chosen a partnership because you love and you like each other's personalities, your behavior traits, and you enjoy each other's company, and you feel a sense of love. But just because you love someone doesn't mean that there's a cemented relationship there. So love can be shown in multiple different factors. It could be sex, it could be kissing, it could be service, it could be anything. And I think when you are struggling with a partner who might be influencing those factors, you cannot expect them to understand it. So you have to, in a non judgmental non-shitty manner Mm. you need to break it down to them and communicate what you are wanting to achieve achieve going forward now i am a firm believer and i fucking mean this if mark did not support me in my goals going forward
1: Mm.
0: i would end our marriage because i don't think it works for the both parties. Mm. I don't think that it would be progressive for our life going forward if we were working against each other. Yeah, it would suck. So it would completely and fucking utterly Mm. suck. There's got somebody that wants to do something the other person can't be asked. Now, something that is very undermined is just communicating.
1: Taking five
0: steps as to, you know, five points or even three points. Maybe you've written it down, do you know what I mean, before you've even converted. And you say not in a weird way like my parents used to do this to me and I, like whenever you were in shit it was like you need to come home we're gonna have a talk and it was just like oh my god like mm. fuck you're like you're you're gonna be somebody's gonna be just disappointed here it's not that kind of element of communication mm. it's not something where you need to therapize your partner you're not a professional in this mm. it's just bracing that conversation where you go i am really struggling here Maybe mm. I'll take an example. I'm dealing with a client right now who um technically she's a housewife, she doesn't work on a day-to-day basis, she looks after the house and her husband goes to work. And she has been dealing with a situation where she is pre-diabetic. She has very, very high levels of body fat, and she's got huge amounts of hereditary diseases in the family. And her husband likes to come home, get a takeaway, encourage that thing of, oh, no, you don't need to cook. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's fine. You know what I mean? But she is the only one in that relationship whose health, is going backwards mm. and dramatically. Impact. Now, they're both sat at the age of around 55, okay? Mm. So you're sitting at quite a predetermining factor as to how your your longevity of life is going to go forward at that kind of age. If you are struggling manically with your health at 55, mm. yes, you can overcome things, 100%, but it is going to become harder the older you get. So that compounding factor has led her to cause a sort of resentment. She doesn't want her husband to come home because she knows, not the fact that she doesn't love him, she loves him dearly, Mm. but she knows he's going to encourage her to do things that she doesn't feel mentally strong managing. Mm. So it's effectively what we've done is we've taken that scenario and we don't expect the partner to be on board all of a sudden, Mm. but we expect somebody to communicate, to bring up the points which are highlighting. Now, Most people's problems are the fact that maybe their health is progressing backwards. It could be you are holding a lot of weight. It is now, whether you like it or not, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it and you're going to get offended if maybe you're not going to get offended. If you are holding excess body weight and a lot of it, that is not healthy. It is doing absolutely no benefit to you on a day-to-day basis. Forget what everybody else says that is factually correct scientifically so if you're going to brace your partner like i've got a huge weight loss goal here or i need some help you need to say this is how i'm going to do the plan of action and you encourage them at certain points to help you now if these dots continue not to add up then there is issues here that need to be overcome between the two of you. Mm. But you would like to think that if you communicate your factors in a non-judgmental, non-blaming manner, you are likely to become more on the same page. So normally you need to lead by example of some degree. You know, that's what I yeah, was always say. It's
1: easier said than done sometimes when the other person is having an impact and in influencing you trying to lead by example.
0: But I will always say this: forget the unique complex of situations. So situation. if you can't People, get momentum, nobody's got how a gun are you to your head. To... Nobody's killing your children. Nobody's slaughtering your dog if you fucking don't have a drink. If you don't eat that takeaway, nobody's doing that. This is when it comes down to whether or not you want it. If you want something. Normally, as humans, we're going to go and get it. Whether no, it's no. anything, whether it's going to help you or not help you, you're going to go and fucking get it. Take a drug addiction. What You know you fucking, you shouldn't be doing this. Do you know what I mean? We're not, when you're doing these things, it's not always that you're unaware of what it's doing to you, but you know you need to go and get it. You need to go and fix that problem. Mm. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, the stats in the UK alone in relationships... Mm. Over 2,000 divorces happen every single week. So there is things where partnerships are formed and they don't work. And sometimes you're better off without that person. Mm -hmm. And if you have spent time and time again communicating and all you're getting is backlash, Mm -hmm. then clearly your priorities are not the same. And maybe that's where you take it a step further to then go and therapize that situation to overcome it yeah Yeah, professional help but i think you underestimate and i think a lot of people think that all of our brains are the same Mm, i think a lot of people think do you know what like he's thinking exactly the same as what i'm thinking and she's thinking what she's thinking and he's thinking what he's you know we're not no half the time like um (laughs) like sometimes i'm sure like Mm. most people when you get into a relationship maybe you're like Oh, I wonder if he's thinking about other girls, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope he's not thinking about fucking years. Do you think do you
1: think I think about that? Have you have you ever thought that
0: yeah, I would say I actually did think that at the start of our relationship, like, just to put into context, like, Mark used to train, like, some really unbelievably good-looking people. Mm. And, like, people always used to say, oh, my God, that client's so hot. And you'd be standing there like, yeah, I know. Uh, like, literally, and you would be worried. Like, seeing as you stepped over the barrier with me, how's not to say that you wouldn't do that again with a I didn't exactly
1: step over the barrier. I jumped. You
0: inserted in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it. I penetrated the barrier.
0: You penetrated the barrier whilst holding my hands whilst we exercised. Yeah,
1: yeah, you. And
0: fucking thrusting in my face.
1: You used to try. You tried to kiss me, and I had to turn my turn my cheek. And again,
0: sometimes you can tell your partner to shut the fuck up because there's moments like that.
1: It's true, though. It's not true. You tried to kiss me, and I had to deny you.
0: You were a poor little African boy, and without your British English rose, it would Mm -hmm. have
1: been nada, nada. You were. You and I say what? this almost on every podcast. Wet. Thirsty. Oh, jeez, wet. Yeah, <laughs> it's both. The same thing, though, isn't it? <laughs> both. Or wet, Or dry. Thirsty, I mean, I'm not sure. It's dripping.
0: Dripping. Moist. Like a beef fat dripping chip. Dripping yeah, like a, like
1: a moist Yorkshire pudding. Would you
0: say that's the same case now, though?
1: <laughs> yeah, I reckon you're still pretty, pretty moist.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. We don't have the same brain, do we? And that's just highlighting it. Because <laughs> you clearly assume things that... I wouldn't say I'm dripping for you, babes. Oh, right you me. were
1: yesterday. Oh,
0: my God. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> point? So, so inappropriate. Although not inappropriate because it's a fucking relationship. Yeah. So like if you bang, you fucking bang. You just don't Yo. need to tell people about it. Well... Sometimes you do. Like, I was
1: talking to one of our clients, just like...
0: What the fuck? You were talking to one of our clients about Yeah, clients no, but we we also discussing... Like, we also
1: <laughs> di- no, it's just... It was discussed with a client. Then we, we talked about it with Matt with regards to, like, our parents, like, in terms of, like, them being lovey-dovey or, like, oh, physical affection, kissing, holding hands, having sex, X, y, and Z like...
0: What was your experience with that, Mark?
1: Well, like, I my parents i've seen my parents maybe kiss three times
0: like, again i will 150 say this i have never seen your parents kiss no. i think that your parents have like an unbelievable relationship like nobody's gonna understand this because you're not fucking part of our family but like literally <laughs> like your parents have gone through a lot of shit. Your parents mm. have overcome things. Mm. There is something in Africa, which are, you can never undermine the attitude of people just getting on with things and not complaining. Mm. Like, there is something to be said for that because you go to the UK and it's the complete fucking opposite. Yeah, I love, like you know, it's, it's like it's oh, a there's a problem. Though. We can't overcome this. It's all have a breakdown. You know, oh my God, yeah. it's raining all the time. I'm miserable. In Africa, you just get on with things. Yeah, thing. there's you a reason. Find a, yeah, a there's a reason
1: why when you go certain places, like especially in the UK, and you have one Zimbabwean or South African working there, you end up with. But I also really admire that your father
0: came in. Your your mum had technically two marriage. Was it two marriages or two?
1: No, two children from was it a previous marriage? Yeah. Yes.
0: So she had she's had two marriages. So she's in the car and she's had and she was and and she had two children which are obviously mm-hmm. your half brothers mm-hmm. now obviously they're like blood but your brother your your dad took yeah, that responsibility on. on from a very very young age for that you know if you yeah. you know so i and i do really respect that and i think there's relationships where it really are formed like you d- again going back to the whole what society says as to like what you should be doing and what makes a good relationship like we know that if you don't insert a penis at some time or rub a clitoris or whatever mm, mm. that maybe you're going to suffer in your sexuality you know in your relationship as a couple But I've known plenty of people that we've Mm. either worked with or are friends or personal experiences whose whole relationship is just sex and they have no underlying like fucking connection barring that. And whether it's just going out drinking, sex, 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 yeah, we've got a great sex life. He makes me fucking dress up all the time. He handcuffs me. (sighs) Fucking I come and fucking orgasm all the time. Yeah, I know plenty of people like that, but actually they don't long, they don't last the long run because they don't actually have a connection. And when that sex Mm. spell sort of dries out, maybe around 40, 50, 50 the hormones start declining mm. people aren't moving so well that's when the divorce starts to come mm, into there's play there's a younger
1: model knocking
0: yeah exactly knock knock hi yeah. i'm a russian prostitute um the <laughs> let's not laugh i've dealt with so, don't no.
1: stereotype georgia what not stereotyping
0: about? but i've dealt with many people like this so it's not something that you can't say that i've had experience most
1: of the escorts that uh, we have trained over the years have not even been russian
0: I'm not talking about who I've trained as escorts.
1: Because escorts have Trust, a lot of money.
0: A <laughs> podcast on that? Because that is an interesting topic.
1: The escorts have got lots of money.
0: So much money. And if it's not coming from them, it's coming from being paid by sugar well, they, they, yeah, that's a sugar daddy. I've genuinely had don't. bank transfers from people that are not yeah, the yeah. client, shall we say.
1: It's just <laughs> They're like, the I, person I'm, paying for Like, it. to think that there are men or women that are outlaying what like a hundred grand a year just to pay for some no i'm just saying okay as a minimum okay for the people that we've worked with a minute an absolute minimum of a hundred grand a year just Mm. for that person every once in a while even though they have their own family and it just blows my mind it's absolutely
0: bizarre like i i trained
1: oh, just really i trained goes. there was one <laughs> think of how, how much you you could yeah, spend their money on other paid. stuff
0: her life was getting paid for by a 28 oh, no, year old was, yeah, norwegian guy yeah. which is crazy now not to say that she's not allowed multiple different partners The vibe there was not to fuck. Now, she was absolutely beautiful. Like, she walked in a place, and I don't care what Mark says, because she, like, she, uh, like, you'd be like, her voice is annoying because she was South African, but, like, the...
1: Cape Townian.
0: Cape Town, yeah. But she was hot. Like, she walked in places, and all I can say is every fucking man in that gym was like, fucking, yeah, I want a bit of that. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) She'd had a lot of surgery done. She, you know, the lips, the bum, the this. She didn't look too fake she was just fucking hot. Like, I knew she was hot. And everybody around her was like, who the fuck is that? Do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, cool. And everyone was like, what does she do for a job? And I'm like, ha she's a model. And I go, <laughs> <like, laughs> and she was an escort, and a professional escort. And my fucking God, did she live the life. And it was yeah. almost just like, it was interesting. Like, I was just very interested. She trusted and confined. But it was crazy. Like, just, there was men paying, like, I'm talking You're tens bag. of thousands. All of her house mm. was paid for. Mm. All of her travel was paid for. All of her clothes, her designer, her beauty treatments, her training—everything was paid for. Mm. And she didn't. She didn't even have to entertain these guys. Maybe once every three, three months. Maybe mm. when they came. Do you
1: think she she could have been doing that?
0: Uh, I respect it because um, I actually financial believe.
1: dominatrix. I mean, she was No, just I don't know. think
0: she was financial dominatrix. I think she had three very serious people who Mm. paid her a lot of money for either escorting them to events or like i think i think that norwegian guy if i wasn't mistaken was a tech guy now there is an inherent trend Mm. with little tech boys that have a lot of money who probably have been circumcised um so i can say this because i'm fucking jewish do you know i mean but have been circumcised (laughs) it's not most people say that it's better but you know helmets versus
1: cavaliers you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God,
0: do not refer to yourself as one of those. Are you circumcised, Mark? No. Yeah, but some women say it's better not having some flabby bit of foreskin. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, sure. I can, I can weird, appreciate you know what I mean? that. A bit
0: of fucking bits of crusty bits all over it. You just do no, Men are gross.
1: Otherwise, yeah, most most. Men are men so are gross. gross.
0: Like, let me just suck your dick whilst you've just gone for a piss and it's going to taste wonderful. Like, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the case. Like only paws and stars, like, enjoy having a cock in their mouth. I'm sorry. Like, nobody really, unless you've got zero no, gag reflexes, because I, you know... There are people that yeah, enjoy having penises in their Yeah, like gay men, obviously, gay my mouth. gay best friends. they obviously, like, No, you they're know, not but, just
1: gay. They are women that enjoy having penises yes, in their mouth. Yes, I know,
0: mouth. and I'm sure some of them are listening to them right now. If you enjoy a penis in the mouth, sorry. It's just something that just doesn't really just massively get me going, you know what I mean? But <laughs> anyway, I just think that... You know, tech, like going back to tech boys, and they are inherently lonely because they've spent their whole life like programming on on a computer. I'm not joking, like, genuinely. Yeah, we're full of stereotypes. it's, it's not stereotypical. It is true. Like, we've dealt with so many of them. They sit there, they type away, they're fucking on Zoom calls, That this, that, that. They're all their shoulders around yeah, the phone, they're, they're, they're very making insecure. Yeah, their they're mum's mummying one, them too much. Yeah,
1: they're, ta- they're, normally and they're taking 1.5 million in an annual salary, or their companies are IPOing on Wall Street. So, they're very obviously to pay. Excessive amounts of money does that
0: mean does that equate to fly to happiness? some random?
1: No, or I'm just saying, shit? flying some random chick on a private jet, it's not cheap, so you have to be fairly
0: oh my god, yeah, substantial. oh my god, majority. Well, actually, no, that's a lie because I do know. No, actually, I'd say the majority of people that use escorts have got money. Do you know what I mean? Now prostitution slightly different there is a difference there like i think prostitution is more linked unfortunately to like sexual trafficking and the lower end of sex work you know escorting but what about
1: women that have chosen the life of sex work to empower themselves and to live a life on their own terms
0: 100% i'm for that i don't care what you do if it makes you happy fine so but there's a lot could, of women that, that could say be that that is
1: categorized as prostitution
0: uh, i would say that there is you know what one of my clients said that they went mm. to an amsterdam sex show and mm. she said she's never seen such sad sex so she, she was almost sat there why like... was
1: it sad
0: she said, because you just look at them and they just look fucking sad. They're not getting paid for Oh Yeah, anything. could you imagine
1: that was your job? But that's
0: prostitution for you. I hate to say it. Prostitution has been formed over the years as being available as a piece of meat whenever for a man or a woman or, yeah. you know, or they, she, she, it, whatever. Um, it was formed from standing on the side of a road or uh, being in an environment, you know, like dressed provocatively or approaching men that you, you know, at a bar, Mm, you know. mm. Escort, slightly different. I actually am kind of for escort because I'm also for the fact that if you can fucking utilise the fact that men have a lot of vulnerability. Mm. And you can utilize it in a profit sense. Why the fuck not? Sure. Now, a lot of escorts don't actually necessarily need to have sex with their people that are paying them. It's yeah, just a level of yeah, relationship. Yeah, but like
1: that is a, also a very... Small statistical outline. No, where look at
0: OnlyFans. Look at like all of yeah, these things. Yeah, but like, that's let's on your be honest, terms. Georgia. The
1: vast majority of men that are paying for an escort on a consistent basis are expecting some level of intimacy.
0: No, nope, you've uh, definitely not read the books that I have. What um, have you read?
1: Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: No, fuck off, you undermining twat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, you absolute twat. And that's when you then annihilate a man's wallet for being a twat. You know what I mean, <laughs> then, right then. Actually, you'd be really surprised at yeah. how, how much men are very, very lonely. Yes. And actually sometimes just having the company and going back home to somebody or having somebody at a dinner or having somebody at an event Mm. because they are unable or maybe they are just more willing to work and not have that tie to a long-term relationship yeah i actually think that no a lot of people don't do it for sex they do it for, for for companionship That's the difference between escorting and prostitution. Prostitution is linked directly to sexual favours. Escort could just be escorting somebody somewhere, standing and looking pretty. Like, my friends have done it. Like, one of my sister's best friends is an escort. You wouldn't know. I'm not going to tell her a fucking name, but she makes fucking millions. I'm sure
1: she's, at some point, you know...
0: Just like every time in your job, you're gonna come across things you're not too happy about. Do you know what I mean?
1: Sure, she's flown to Dubai and had somebody, you know, not necessarily. You pick and number choose the fucking warriors when you want. Pardon?
0: You pick and choose the warriors when you want. You don't need to necessarily, if you're a high S you know, high-class escort, you don't necessarily need to like fucking always take what's good for, you know, what you think's coming. Normally you've got somebody that's an agent. You know what I mean? You're normally like a personality that's... An agent. A, yeah, there's agents. Like a pimp would happen. Now, it's not necessarily a pimp. They don't that's necessarily like, take a fast like But they run a boutique escort agency where they take that on is, very select...
1: Sounds like people like Andrew Tate. Facilitating... Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Because that's and, a male's
0: point of view. But here's me yeah, empowering but, women. Yeah. It's women who can actually, where they... Effectively, yeah, but you just said a
1: pimp, so that's somebody who's exploiting women. I didn't say I said like
0: a pimp, like you could certifies the sense of somebody that controls things, but doesn't take necessarily a cut or control your sexual activities. But what they do is they control the company in which you and twelve other girls of different characteristics Mm. are on board, and they have a vast profile of women of all different, you know, personalities, looks, you know, you know. And then they match you when it comes to... what You know, these men have got to qualify with a lot of money most of the time. They need to go through a pre-qualifying thing. It's not just hard to turn up oh, at the hotel It's quite
1: really. sad, isn't it? Not really. I think it's quite sad.
0: Yeah, it's because you've never paid for sex or a fucking hope No.
1: Well, I don't know. Some Why men would do, you?
0: Like, what's a stag do? Do you know what I mean? Just paying for a stripper to like rub cream all over you. Like, it's all the same. But without sex, what would you be? Nothing. Your testicles would be... Explosive, do you know what I mean? Like, if you could, my couldn't
1: testicles would be explosive.
0: Peanut, you'd be th- like, if you didn't, if sex was not <laughs> a thing for a man, how would you like, how, like, you'd have a wank, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean?
1: Like, well, define the, 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 define the outcomes of what you're trying to say. Like, well, <laughs> if you can't have sex with women, obviously you're gonna have a wank, so.
0: It's not just fucking women, though. You could be having sex with a man. You yeah, could you be could having be sex
1: having with sex with man. Same sex...
0: Yeah. yeah, so... I mean... But, like, if sex wasn't a thing, like, there is something to be said that, like, every service is utilised in this world. Why can't sex be one? Now, I do believe no, I, there I, is a fine line, and I'm not no, fucking encouraging, to... like, sexual trafficking here and all of that stuff, Yeah. or the likes of people like the name that should never be mentioned, Andrew Tate, because that is very different. You yeah. are taking vulnerable will- women from situations manipulating their mindsets because they don't probably have the education, which is matching. I would up assume to average.
1: people most people are vulnerable in that in that environment though, to a certain degree.
0: Fuck Andrew Tate's the most vulnerable man I've ever fucking looked no, at. No, but outside of to. Andrew
1: Tate, like just in general. Like, most, like if no, you no, undertake that type of, you know, lifestyle, then you're always going to be vulnerable at some point because somebody is but you sometimes know, paying, for your, men... paying for your time, paying for this, paying for that, you are vulnerable at any given moment.
0: Yes. Whether but what it's... you'll find is if you're a good escort, the likelihood is, is you're not necessarily play, Like, so for example, like a good escort would take money from a man, you know, before they even get into anything, there's some sort of agreement. The mm-hmm. money is then effectively settled, yeah. and then they, they're effectively an act. Do you know what I mean? They don't bring up the mm. fact that it's money orientated, or you owe me this, and you're fucking that. Mm. They are suddenly then their companion. Yeah. They go from being a service it's transaction crazy. to, okay, great, yep, we're in a it's relationship. Crazy. We're yeah. going to pretend this at a corporate yeah, event. Yeah. Fuck, I mean, how many men do you think you trained that use escort services? Same with me.
1: Oh, so sadly, a lot.
0: I've only ever trained one. Maybe woman not so a much like escort.
1: escorts in the sense of like paying for like a girlfriend on a consist like a monthly retainer but definitely prostitutes 100 percent
0: one of my best friends ex-boyfriends it's and why like they broke the up.
1: the stereotypical person in london it's like you're a, a well-known not well-known but you're a, a successful man of some store some sort of stature that lives within southwest london with a big house if you don't yeah or somewhere in london multi-million pound house, super successful like if you didn't have numerous encounters with prostitutes and and escorts and the above that would be weird the average you take 10 guys Nine I, I asked things.
0: my father this, okay? Nine now, this is things. really weird, but, like, my father's worked in finance the whole of his life, okay? Now, financial institutions and environments are inherently known for uh, yeah. like, sex, drugs, and all the rest that comes with it. And we know this, because we dealt with it firsthand with clients now. And also, I guess you could watch the movies as to what it's like. But, yeah. like, you know, it is genuinely, not everywhere, but it is like that, in a you know? Mm. So... I said to my dad, "Like, have you ever seen somebody do a line of cocaine, or have you ever been around escorts?" And I think my dad's so oblivious to it. He was different like, Different no. generations. But like. I was like, "What the fuck? You've sat in some my my father sat in court, like in boardrooms with like not just mafia, factor through me, like play. You know, I'm not saying it. it was it was all to do with trying to manage a country or doing fine. He sat in boardrooms with multiple different individuals." The thing can is if you don't somebody would have been doing if it If you
1: have not experience it, recreational not, drugs and things like that. Which my father never then has. Then you don't know, but like when you're in a social setting, in a corporate environment, and Stephen goes excuses himself to the toilet and he comes back and he's somebody looking a little bit up, scatty ready, ready and he for starts the presentation. and he's like really talking very quickly and his pupils have dilated and his his mannerisms become super erratic.
0: I can clock somebody on drugs. Oh, Seconds, like, within
1: a split second, we had second.
0: clients coming. Right, I'm ready. Let's go. And I'm like, No, my insurance yeah, doesn't cover this. Do I mean, your are pupils. the size
1: of dinner plates. You yeah, need to literally. just sit down and have a water. But it's the same
0: with sex. Like, I don't think my, I, I don't think my father would tell me actually. But I oh, don't. God, th- I, th- I think he's <laughs> actually oblivious to it.
1: To what? Sex?
0: No, he was definitely oblivious to sex. Because actually, going back to why we were even talking about this conversation, yeah, we were talking about our understandings of yeah. our parents. You know, life in general with love and sex, but I don't know if he'd notice Like, I'm like, if you go to Mayfair how on Saturday many, how night, it's guaranteed. Go like... to the Mayfair Hotel, stand at the bar, order yourself a drink. Now turn around. There'll be multiple women there that right. look very glamorous, probably yeah. with a lot of cosmetic surgery, standing there waiting. Okay. Now, do not get me wrong. That's environment. You know, that's total environment. But you are got to come across it somewhere. Like, we've been in environments where there's escorts. We've been in multiple situations. You know, you're just not necessarily, if you're not part of that crew or looking for it, I guess you're not really... How,
1: how many times have you seen your parents kiss each other?
0: Oh, my God. Because um, we, we discussed this. We like, did
1: discuss this.
0: Because on the last podcast we did, and how the fuck's this gone from stress into this? I've got no idea, but we'll come back around. Um, <laughs> this is the glorification of conversation because it can go in multiple directions yeah. and not just bore people. Especially with
1: two people with ADHD. <laughs> yeah, literally. Sorry. Do you know, inter- here we go again. Did you notice <laughs> with Matt, because he's also very ADHD, ADHD, we would start a sentence, like a a topic, b- like go down a rabbit hole 13 different times and then four hours later finish the Back sentence the same. finish the sentence off like you just started like what's this... so
0: nice though is just to give some context matt's one of mark's very very good friends from childhood zimbabwean r you know i mean he, he he works um on mega yachts effectively he's a captain he's the captain now um he's a skipper skip... no he's a captain isn't he I'll Not skipper. Skipper is a sailing sailboat, isn't it? Anyway, so, either or, he has a very interesting job because it's quite sometimes quite similar to in managing high net worth individuals. It's kind of similar, and we we had a really good couple of days. He came to stay with us because neither of us, none of us, touched our phones, and all of us just conversed about just yeah, so many things literally. and. I don't know, like ADHD is so prominent. So like, especially people that do service jobs Mm. in the sense of how you help people. Like we've all got like things and like you wonder why, like I was really good at coaching people It's because I've got really bad ADHD and I've always got to do Mm. something. The same Mm. with Mark. But we spoke about like, my mum got upset she's probably gonna to listen to this as well but my mum got upset from the recent podcast we did because she's a listener and she was like i got you know i was quite upset about she's gonna be really fucking annoyed right now yeah quite upset about the fact that you have really expressed that we mm. had no sort of love and desire <laughs> like when we, you were growing up and you didn't feel that you never hugged yeah, and yeah, all of this and no. i was just like Okay, cool. Uh, when was the ever time that we fucking? She, you were such a cuddly child. What the fuck? Do you know what I mean? I was like three. You probably swaddled me. I had no fucking choice. You know, like, and also, it's also what a child sees,
1: yeah,
0: and picks up on as to how they behave in their later life. Because that's now, all, this all it is: is, the is repetition. Starting point to psychology. Whatever we had or experienced as children you are going to carry through from your formative years to your adult years as to how you behave in situations. So if you maybe argue with your partner, for example, and there's a common trait that comes back Mm. around, which is, you hate me, you're always going to leave me, that's it, Like I can't have you leaving me. Normally, this is because they've maybe experienced a sense of Loss as a child, so maybe their parents weren't very present or they didn't feel like they had somebody that gave them attention or you felt like somebody always left them or maybe one of their parents left them and their family broke up and that is then reiterating in later life. Mm. So then going back to the point of my mum bringing up the fact that she was sensitive to what I said, mm. like, what the fuck? Like, I maybe saw them, like, hold hands, like, she's going to be, like, she's going to be raging right now, listening to this. She- <laughs> Maybe like, so apart from saying hands, hello, like, it,
1: your, your family is not very... It's exactly like your like, family. And like, it's exactly like, why we're the same. Huggy and very kissy and, like...
0: Oh, my God, it's so weird. Like, me and my sister, I do not lie. like. The first time we hugged was on my wedding day. Yeah. People are going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah, so and some sad. people with their, sad, with, their,
1: with their, you know, siblings are, you know, super... I would say that
0: I'm just a very liberal, like, way I think, the way I do things. I've definitely pushed my parents to a very liberal sense of mind because I've tested the waters on numerous times as a child growing up into teenage years. But I think that whole thing of, like if you don't see it how mm. do you then know it how you it's normal and it's exactly like the same as if you see a very stressful environment all the mm. time as a child or if you see your parents not eating very well or constantly reverting to alcohol or mm. you know you're going to pick up these things whether or not you follow through with alcohol as well or you mm. then become resentful of those that drink you know It's all these things that you do pick up and that form you in their way. And I'm just not touchy-feely. I find Mm. it fucking weird. Like, if somebody touches and hugs, embraces for, like, longer than literally Mm. two seconds, that's Mm. enough. I don't feel, like, an extensive connection when I hug somebody. And it's it's not something to feel sorry for me about. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing. It's not something to feel sorry about. It's exactly it's the same as your well. point. It's not to say that. But we I, don't I would have, a I would imagine that
1: your mother hugging your grandmother was was also non- non-existent.
0: Yeah. So then so it's like how,
1: like all of a sudden people are expect the expect uh, expectation of is like you meant to just what walk but around my and used just like latch we, onto people. We
0: always used to sit on the sofa, the four of us. Okay, cool. Well, I was a child, do you know what I mean? Living rent free, you know what I mean? Going at school, just being a child because you gave birth to me, and then I had to go through the burden of life. And then, yeah. and then, we sat on the sofa and watched Friday, you know, Top of the Pops when I was like fucking seven. Cool. Like that's not exactly like a loving relationship. It just that means we're spending time together. What's more valuable? Maybe be more valuable is speaking with each other or just being around each other you don't always have to be embracing to show like Mm. love and affection
1: sure
0: but i feel like you took the opposite route like i feel like you saw that your parents have a very very strong connection Mm. a very strong bond i can't explain to anybody you won't understand because as i said you're not family you're not part of the garlic clan Mm -mm. but they've got a very strong bond i can see traits of your mother in me do you know what I mean like in a sense of where it's like I can literally like there's certain things I'm like oh my god like (sighs) but it works but did you see them kissing hugging and I feel like you went the opposite way where actually you're sort of overcompensating maybe not seeing it so much because you're very touchy-feely with me sometimes I'm like just go away like
1: yeah but you are you are quite fit though, so it's I can't that, help myself. Is that
0: how you describe me as fit? Uh, you
1: know very what attractive. Quite
0: fit. Do you know what I mean? Do you want to go and feel her up? Who? An escort. Oh
1: jeez. Well, it's not just
0: quite fit. That's why I want to touch. Fit. You are. You're like kissy. No, you're very You're always it. like, I love you. Like, it's not to say I don't love you. I literally spent. I don't know. Day it's just who, just who I am. It, really it doesn't necessarily
1: it. mean you know.
0: I find it easier to say love you lots than I do I love you. And I think that's a family I would say, like,
1: even Matt Matt said with his parents, his parents, you know, they hardly ever hold, like, hold hands, kiss. I don't know. So, like...
0: But I think maybe generation. But then I do know parents that are all amongst each other that are, like, family. I think it's
1: just, like, you know, your love language. Like, people just show love in different ways. I'm very affectionate and, you know, uh, communicative of it. But then some people would say, "Oh, you're not very romantic in the sense like I don't yeah, like I don't ever I'm get not spontaneous thing, yeah. and like whisk you away on a helicopter. Or, do you <laughs> know what I mean? Do not
0: ever want to go on a helicopter? That's yeah, you hate crash.
1: anything that revolves around. A surprise for <laughs> being spontaneous. So it's because
0: you know that I need to have like pre-rated yeah. the hotel, yeah. checked out every single I fucking need to review. Go
1: on TripAdvisor and read.
0: All no, the not TripAdvisor. One... That's that's for the mm. Provos. Oh, <laughs> Mr. the... Mrs. Smith. Go I'm joking. On to the, I'm the reviews joking. We're on and,
1: right now. <laughs> and read all the one-star comments. To then.
0: No 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 what I'll do is it will be like 97% yeah. all fantastic What you'll go, go on to, to th-
1: you'll <laughs> go on to a place that's got like 5670 reviews five star reviews three one star reviews like click on that the didn't one even star stay
0: there, they just went to the yeah. restaurant and or something
1: and <laughs> like no this is no good Fuck this it that's so pessimistic no
0: but like, that is just me cuz I want to get my value for money But
1: why do people uh, attach negativity towards pessimism that is my question.
0: Well, that was actually, I was listening to a podcast about that. And that's a very, um, we could go, that's a very complex people subject. people
1: need to be more, pesi- well, not so much pessimistic, realistic. but like, subjective is the word.
0: No, I am so realistic that sometimes I think I overthink things too much. Like, I am the most sceptical person you'll ever come across. I, I am so aware when I'm being influenced. I'm so aware when people have said things. I'm just so aware of it. And mm. I know that sometimes having your head in the clouds would sometimes be a nicer route to life. Yeah. But I also think I look at people and go, "What the fuck? Like, do you have any common sense?" And I think maybe I've just got too. I know. think that I
1: think the moral of this of this whole podcast is. Um... I just forgot what I was about to say.
0: Well, it's exactly, because you've lost the track because um, you're ADHD, and that will come back in seven minutes' time. Just give
1: me, w- just keep on talking, and I'm just no, gonna so go. Well, fi- you're, like you're Matt says, I'm gonna talking. go. Fi- I'm gonna go fishing for it quickly um, in my mind.
0: But no, I do think that you know, if we're talking of like. I think when it comes to stress, if we're going to revert back, let's revert back so we can end this podcast in the mm. way that you're like, "Why am I even listening to this?" Yeah,
1: I'm annoyed now.
0: Why are you annoyed? Because <laughs> I
1: forgot what I was going to say. It was quite deep as well.
0: Oh well, clearly. Moral of that
1: the deep. story is blank. Um, blank. <laughs> blank.
0: <laughs> but, that you should never think. Yeah. The stress, like I think that stress and weight loss, stress will affect weight loss if you allow your environment to succumb to your mental health, or so mm. you succumb to it in your mental health. Because, again, without speaking of unique situations, a lot of the time we are stressing about things that are completely out of our control. Mm. Now, a common uh, example of this could be like, you know, our uh you know, oh, I saw so-and-so's, you know, dealing with this. I hope that maybe they're going to get, you know, that. And if they don't get that, then, oh God, maybe it's going to affect me. Or maybe... You're in a job that you can't necessarily change right now do you Mm. know what i mean but you can take stepping stones to helping yourselves mentally process that job Mm. or make it more enjoyable for you if you can Mm. or Mm. seek things outside of that job Mm. which is going to be better for your environment or seek challenges outside of your work Mm. you know there's there is something to be said that we we never further educate ourselves as adults now i do and so Mm. do you because Mm. we like we love learning but Most people, once they finish school or university, they don't learn anything barring Mm. if they don't get paid more. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They're not going to learn it. It could be like an accountant becoming a chartered accountant. You're going to earn more money if you're a chartered accountant. That's Mm. why you do it. Um, Now, obviously, there's further learning and stuff like that. But if you're seeking, maybe your job is not very fulfilling and you're trying to seek fulfillment in that job and you're Mm. getting stressed because you're not getting it, then the common example would be is go and... Go and challenge yourself outside of your job. If you've yeah. got that availability of free time, which we do, we spend half our time scrolling on social media. Mm. You do have time to do things. It's not a prison half the time. Mm. You just need to actually do it. Mm. Like the, you're actually going to feel better. That's the same why the gym can be such a mm. fantastic.
1: place. Yeah, I think I think there's good stress and then there's bad stress. Like you need. Like like George said, going to the gym is a good form of stress. You're stressing the body to learn resilience and to become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And sometimes stress puts people into bad positions and... P- prompts people to change their life and come out on the other side of that yeah. stress very different. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a new relationship. You know, they've had to be backed into a corner for them to overcome um, their hurdles. So stress I, is not necessarily a bad thing. If you're a very overweight thing, and
0: you're stressed by it, that's probably actually a good thing. Yeah. Like, because you're actually going, do you know what? Not that it should be like overcoming you. It's not based on the fact you're fat. You know, you've got mm. fat on you. Just the fact that actually thinking about this and overthinking about it is, is exactly what you should be doing because you mm. need to be taking action on being better, yeah. feeling better in yourself. Mm. And so that stress prompts you to do something. So there is this underlying factor that if you're looking at your life, like, children will be a stress, do you know what I mean? When mm. something goes wrong at school, one of them's ill, your week gets turned upside down, your nanny yeah. doesn't turn up, the babysitter's is not arrived. The, this is all stressful things, but can you control it? Sometimes you can't, mm. which means you need to understand what are your best management tactics. Yeah.
1: And then if you're going to de-stress, you want to make sure that the habits that you are choosing to de-stress are not going to compound and come back and bite you in the bum weeks down the line. So if you're feeling stressed... Getting hammered is probably not the most productive oh thing to do. Oh my god! Like,
0: why do you feel sad on Tuesday when you've literally you consumed litres mean? so of like, alcohol over the weekend?
1: Yeah, take you know, pick something within your wheelhouse of enjoyment: reading a book. I know it sounds so, so it's cliche. So, I know because we're
0: so we're so realistic. It sounds so cliche that but we're like, oh, is, go and journal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it, I'm not saying I get it. Like, you're like, fuck off. There
1: needs to be some form match. of self reflection, self assessment. And self care for you to feel better. Like, for example,
0: a guy in our gym, he is 50 years old, about 50, isn't he, Ben? He's about 50 years old. Mm. He's like, he's so ADHD. I don't think I've actually met somebody as ADHD is. And he'll openly say it super successful, you know. And he's channeled it into yoga because he Mm. used to go off the rails with alcohol, drugs, like all of these Mm. things. And his wife was. Getting to the wit's end because she mm. was working and not dealing with that, dealing with a child growing up, and he was busy going and de-stressing, doing things that were not very good habits. Mm. Now he then goes and channels it into yoga, which has given him that structure mm. where he goes to the gym still, he trains. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But that yoga is his like his his mind like settler, and and that's why so mm. many corporate men that have worked in a corporate stressful mm. world now. This All is of just of about yoga instructors. Men. So women as well get fucking burnt yeah. out. They give You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not saying, like, I know women probably sometimes have got it harder than men in the sense of ch- childcare, but, mm. you know, they go and resort to something like yoga or finding something where they can actually...
1: It's like the opposite. It's the like opposite, like,
0: complete opposite. Forces
1: you to, forces you to relax.
0: And he said, you know, his his name, if you ever want to search him on Instagram and have a yoga instructor is B Be Mellow because it's so great, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... it just mellows him out to being something that he likes to be around rather than just detest it. So after all, I do think that it's um, important that when it comes to your stress management, your, your levels of, you know, how you manage things that you find that hobby that you enjoy, it's, it's not always reliant on those things that, you know, that, society tells us we're going to enjoy like soon enough with the years going by that we're going to see the likes of you know smoking's already got like people dying on the front of packets of cigarettes supposedly they're wanting to do that with alcohol too this over the years is going to help with those de-stressing factors now we have done a podcast um, which i would highly suggest if you're dealing with the emotional eating side of stress, which we didn't really touch on today because um, it is a very complex subject and um, we've actually done a very, very in-depth podcast on this before. Emotional eating is something that we also seek when we are stressed. And I definitely dealt with it when I, you know, when I've been very stressed, I used to overeat and that's probably one of my triggering points as to why I was very overweight. So I would suggest that if you are thinking, oh God, how do I overcome these emotional eatings and understanding of this when it comes to stress, then go back to our podcast list. I can't even remember what episode it was, but it's a very, it's all about emotional eating and it's going to really help you discover why you might be doing things or the traits behind an emotional eater. But in the sense of de-stressing on a day-to-day basis, if you are seeking that external stress factor from alcohol, smoking, sex, all of these things, take yourself away, self reflect, which is something I don't think we do enough of these days. I'm not saying you need to over-analyze every movement you make when it comes to your decision making. But you do need to look back and go, this is not really helping me. And I'm not speaking and we're not speaking to those that you know, at the weekend, enjoy a nice glass of red wine with a fillet steak and, a, you know, I mean, that, that's very different. You've got things on over control. But if you're you know that you're going back or you're getting to the end of the week or and you're purposely trying to de-stress from using things that you know is going to damage your health long-term, then we highly suggest you try and find a focal point somewhere else. There are focal points there. Like, we want to be realistic with you. Like, it, it kind of sometimes upsets me that, like, people are like, just go and journal and read a book instead of having a cigarette. Do you know what I mean? It's probably not going to tick your mind over. You're probably going to have to do something. The actions, maybe even start painting, something bloody random. But anything that's going to take you away from that habit... Just think and analyse. So first of all, self reflect. Second of all, stress is normal, you need to weigh up your stress. And I guess third of all, like stop taking on other people's stress that you don't need to, because it is going to have that subconscious effect on your day to day living with how you I guess, deal with your own life because without micromanaging everybody else's, you know, it's very different when you have things like family stress or children's, you know, all of those things. That is technically a little bit more personal stress. But if you're taking on somebody you don't really know, you're reading things, you're ingraining this, all of this information from them, the likelihood is is that you need to take a step back, Your de-stressing factor should not be going and trying to resonate with others or find their stress-free tactics. You need to be looking about what you can enjoy on a day-to-day basis that is going to allow you that stress-free life. And also, actually, let me just go back. There is no stress-free life. There is always going to be stresses. It's just how we manage them in the best way possible for us to be the healthiest we can be so we hope you enjoyed this podcast um talking about um does stress affect weight loss we've obviously delved into a bit of cortisol we've delved into you know like the factors behind weight loss and we've also delved into a lot of things that actually do cause that stress or things that we reach to when we want to de-stress so we hope it helped and we're going to be back next week and we're probably going to be talking either about sleep or alcohol, because those were the two other ones that we polled up and so many people were interested. So stay tuned for that and we will speak to
1: you then. Have a great week. Bye.